Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. This is the May 7th episode, but we are recording on May 4th, which happens to be both Star Wars Day and our co-founder and MacGyver of all design for Dive Collective's birthday, Kelly. So happy birthday, Kelly. Happy birthday, Kelly. I wish we could do dinner. I know. Darn Hawaii. Maybe one day. Anyway, it's time to draw names for May. Do we have anybody? Has anybody kept with us? We have four. We well, also have we have five others that are so close that makes me wonder if they just forgot to mark it off. Janet's at 94% because it's all, they have to be at 100% because it's only posted through April 30th. Oh, so it looks like Janet's maybe missing one week. And then Crystal, Andrea, Stephanie, and Meredith are at 83%. So I'm wondering if we have, that's, I think, probably missing two weeks. That's my guess. I didn't do the math, but I think that feels right in my head. Okay. Um, So let's put up a, it's only four names. Let's pick how many total? Nine? It would have been nine. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Oh. That's so cool that we have nine people still reading along. Okay, let's draw. Let's draw. All right. We have. Oh, I feel like I need background music. Let me remind. Like it's Lori, Sally, Rita. Sue, and Rita. Yes. Yep. Okay. Sue. 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 Way to go, Sue. Way to stick with us. That's so exciting. Sue, you have a choice between a mug or a t-shirt. If you don't have either of those, if you have both of those, we'll figure something else out. But I think, I think either of those will work. Let us know which one you want and we'll send that off to you. We as an Annika, we'll send that off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are in numbers, Song of Solomon, Isaiah and Psalms. Numbers was fantastic mm. this week. Ugh. I loved numbers. Where I'm did we start? Back through it. Yes. Right. I liked numbers this week too. Okay. So this whole podcast from my perspective, isn't going to make any sense without some background, which is some commentary that uh, one of our members, Melissa sent on to me that has changed my perspective on everything, I think forever. Like it's the one, I know it sounds crazy. I've been, I've always read scripture in terms of like what it means for the kingdom now. And I haven't really been able to, even though I know I'm supposed to think about like what it means for the kingdom to come, like that our Mm -hmm. hope really is in the kingdom to come. It's like, I really just want to stay focused on the present and what we're dealing Mm -hmm. with right now. 
And I think part of why I haven't been able to look forward to the kingdom to come is because I haven't been able to really wrap my mind around eschatology Mm -hmm. and because eschatology is so, um, it's so mixed up in my head because there's so many different theologies and like, um, ways to wrap your head around it and thoughts on it and people who feel strongly about it, but it's never been my own. Like I've always just, I've never really had my own, like, this is what I feel settled about. This is what I expect to happen, or this is what I think is going to happen in the end times. So anyway, Melissa sent me this commentary that's about the feasts. And it's written by a guy who really, who specializes in like the rabbinical context of scripture. So all of the new Testament kind of through the lens of how Jewish people would have seen the gospel or the good news or the message or the things that Jesus was saying and doing this guy has, he did a part in Leviticus where it talks about the feasts. He does a whole explanation about how the feasts line up with what Jesus did on the cross. You know, you have the Passover and then you have the feast of um, unleavened bread the unleavened bread was them coming out of Exodus really fast. And they had to take unleavened bread with them because they were, tra- they would be traveling. He had to come off the cross really fast and they had to get him in the tomb in time for Passover. And so the, there's this feast of unleavened bread, which is that day that they take him and they put him in the tomb and then he's in the tomb. And then the feast of first fruits is the resurrection because he's the first fruits of those who are resurrected. So there's the first fruits and then there's um, Pentecost, which comes 50 days later. That's when God pours out his spirit, but it's also the celebration of life in midsummer. So there's like these spring feasts of Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. And then you have the summer feast, which is Pentecost which is when they would celebrate um, the summer and the harvest that was all happening, which is also when the Holy Spirit was poured out and we had the harvest that was happening in the celebration of life. So this guy basically asserts that May has come, which means our new parenting study has released and our community will be getting together soon to discuss our takeaways. This study was created by us for you as an encouragement and an offering of grace It specifically was named Parenting Perfection Not Required for that very reason. Download it from our shop at divecollective.org. And then join us to discuss this study on our network on May 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We'd love to see you there. Also, be looking for a Mother's Day special coming on the Dive Collective podcast this Sunday. We've put together some interviews from mothers in the collective that are going to bless you so much no matter what stage of motherhood you're in. Whether you have babies or whether you're an empty nester, this episode is going to apply to you. Look for that episode on the Dive Collective podcast on Mother's Day 2021. If God was so specific about like making these things happen so concretely on all of the days of the actual feasts of the Jewish people... Mm-hmm. He's basically like, he's like, I cannot know. Nobody can know for sure, but I would bet my boots that he's coming back (laughs) on the fall feasts. He's like, I couldn't possibly know what year it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. My guess would be just as it happened in those spring feasts, it's going to happen on those fall feasts. So Rosh Hashanah, which is, um, it's the feast of trumpets. That's what it is that when the, he talks about the loud shout, it's the actual word for trumpet. So like that trumpet blast, there'll be a loud shout, which is that victorious shout of Christ and the people will be gathered. That's what Rosh Hashanah was, or that feast was. And so there's this idea that on that day, there'll be a loud shout and we'll be all called up to gather. And that these fall feasts, 
was kind of both celebratory and somber. And in the same way, like when we're gathered, we're coming, it's both celebratory because our King has come and we're all gathered to him, but it's also somber because those who don't come, like there's going to be, basically there'll be a war, you know? One of the things that was really helpful to me and him talking about distinguishing between tribulation and judgments is something that's always like been true in my head. Like I've always wrestled with it, but I haven't been able to figure out where it fits into eschatology because I look over scripture and it's like the righteous never receive the judgment of God. Like he always removes them from his judgments, but the righteous always endure the tribulation of the fall of sin and the fall of man. It's like, it just makes sense to me in the sense that like, at some point it's going to get so terrible in the way that it was before Noah evil is just going to be so much to the point where God's going to go with well, today's the day and Jesus is going to come back and we'll all be gathered. And that his ba- he's basically just saying, I think we should watch the feast because I think it's going to happen just like the feast happened. And there's three more feasts that happen in the, um, in the fall time. And he was like, nobody can know the year. Jesus doesn't even know the year of the day, but I suspect that it's going to happen in 15, uh, over a period of 15 days, <laughs> it's going to be just like Jesus talks about it. And there's like 21 shepherds. Anyway, he goes into all kinds of detail, which is fascinating. And I don't know whether any of this will be included in the podcast, except I should tell you where to find it just in case I do include it. It's toraclass.com and it's lesson 34 on Leviticus 23 and lesson 35 on Leviticus 24, 34 and lesson 35. Anyway, fascinating. All of that to say though, when I think about Christ returning and how all of the, when I look at like the Passover here in numbers and all of these things that are happening and these things that they're celebrating and how Jesus fulfilled them all on his own, separate from us and separate from our working or struggling or striving. It's just that reminder that the end is going to come. He's going to do that too. Like he's going to do that all on his own, regardless of my struggling or striving or trying to do my best to honor him. Like he's, he's going to finish the work from beginning to end, which leaves me like totally free to just love people, all the people. And one of the things that stood out to me in numbers this week was where he was talking about, you'll celebrate the feasts. There will be one, there will be one sacrifice for both you and for the strangers among you. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's one, one and done. And there's, and nobody has to do it differently and everybody does Mm -hmm. it the same. And it's just sort of that idea that the people who walk among us, who don't fully understand how we live and don't live the way we live and might have different perspectives than how we live. Like the, the sacrifice is the same for them as it is for us. And it has nothing to do with us. Like it was offered by Christ. And so we get to just fully love. Um, yeah. Anyway, I feel like all that's left is like this faith that Christ has done the work and he will do the work, the hope of what's to come and love, mm-hmm. faith, hope, and love. These three remain. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And it makes more sense in light of what we're hoping for that. I haven't really spent a whole lot of time putting my hope in, but if I put my hope in that, it leaves me completely freed up mm-hmm. to just love. Yeah. I mean, I think you're what, when we get bogged down in the already part of the kingdom, like the kingdom aspect that we have right now, that's when we lose sight of the not yet part of the kingdom, 
which is really where our folk, like you're, like you're saying, if we focus on that, not that we should forget about what's happening now, it's all we're in it. Like we we're called to be part of this world and love, like you're saying, but all of that is for the purpose of what's to come. And so we can't do one thing without the other. Mm-hmm. But it's not dependent on me to see right. people whatsoever. I get to love people. Mm-hmm. I get to love all the people, everybody that's so different than me. I, nothing is determined by me. People's salvation isn't determined mm-hmm. by me. His coming and when he's not coming isn't determined. On, he's not waiting for me to save people to the ends of the earth so that he can come back. There's just no, which is another thing that I was thinking about is those people as they're waiting for the four, like for those generations to die off so that those people mm-hmm. that are under 20 can yep. enter the promised land. I'm like, were they just like waiting for that last guy to die? Did they like, right. They- Cause it was public. And for, you're talking about in numbers when Joshua and Caleb, the spies go uh-huh. and, you know, 10 were bad, two were good. And this is when God says he curses them and says that they're going to have to stay in the wilderness for 40 years until that whole generation is gone. The generation that didn't believe that God would do the work really. It's the same thing. Like he's saying, I got this. You don't have to worry about the big guys, the giants in the land. Like you're focusing on the wrong thing. You should be focusing on the fact that I'm bringing you to this land. Yes. And then there, as a result of that, the, um, that generation doesn't get to see the promised land. And so they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That's what you're talking about, but it was public. It wasn't it wasn't, it seems like it, it wasn't just a secret. God told Moses. No, and right. Everyone knew that yeah, because they were of sad. And, and basically it's their sin of unbelief. That was the consequence of that. They would not get to see the land. And actually those other 10 spies got a plague, right? Wasn't there a, yes. Yeah. They were immediately disciplined. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to me how God disciplines them. Shoot. I can't find it. And then they decide to go. Yes. They just, they, they're like, okay, God, we got this. We admit this is what we, we, we recognize that we were wrong. We confess. We're going to go and take this land over. We're going to do what you told us to do. And God's like, no, 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 no. I'm making you wait now because you didn't believe me in the first place. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. We got this. And Moses Moses is like, don't go. Yeah. He's not going with you. Not with you. Yeah. Yeah. And they go and get obliterated because they do it in their own, which I was thinking about that before when you were talking about just that whole idea that it's not dependent on us. Like God has this plan. They had sinned against him by not believing his word. There was a consequence for that. And then they try to take it into their own hands again. And there's another concept, you know what I mean? Yes. We want it to be in our hands and it's just not. Yes. What chapter is that? Why can't I find it? It's in 14. Must not have marked it. Oh, and right before that. I know. Moses conversation with God. Is that what you're going to say? That was, I mean, there's so much. There are so many echoes of Abraham and Abraham's relationship with God and Moses's relationship with God. God has this special relationship with these men, but God's like, I'm done. I'm there. I'm we're done with this. I'm starting over. And Moses basically reminds God of his character. Like Mm -hmm. Moses does. He has this whole spiel where he's like, no, no, God, this is who you are. 
you forgive, you brought us out of Egypt. If the world sees you obliterate us now after you brought us out of Egypt, they're going to think this about you. Like he goes through this whole totally human reasoning Mm -hmm. with God and then reminds God, God, we know you're forgiving. And not that you just forget about sin, but you are forgiving and merciful. And then God says, I don't know what the ESV says, but in verse 20, it says, after Moses is done talking, God said, I forgive them honoring your words, which mm-hmm. this is like another one of those mind brain exploding examples of prayer and how prayer works. The way that God distinguishes between, and I'm trying to remember the details, but God distinguishes between, um, I think it's maybe Aaron and Miriam and Moses when he says, basically, oh, they ask for prophets or something like that. And he was like, oh, I wish there were prophets, which made me think of like, if God would pour out his spirit on everybody, that would make life so much easier. You know, like he's like, and it says Miriam and Moses, go ahead. Yeah. It says, would Moses says that? Yes. Would that God would pour out a spirit on everyone? Cause here's Moses doing this by himself. Like that's not easy for him either. Yeah. And so people in the, in the camp were prophesying. That's right. And I think Aaron right. comes to him and it's like, you need to stop them. And he was like, why would I stop them? I wish more people were prophesying because then I wouldn't be the only one that's hearing from mm-hmm. God. And God basically distinguishes between prophets and Moses. And he was like, I don't speak to Moses in dreams the way that I speak to prophets. I speak Mm -hmm. to Moses face to face. Mm -hmm. And it made me think of like the way that Jesus is our mediator and like you're like everything that you're talking about with Moses and the way that he mediates like in this human way for Mm -hmm. us, like it's the same way that Jesus goes before the Lord and he's with him face to face and he's talking to him just like just like Moses would have talked to him and Mm -hmm. interceding just the way he was like. And I, I wonder whether he's, he says to him, like, no, I did all of this. Like, I don't forget that I did all of this work. So as, as um, evil as they are, like I have, you know what I mean? It just makes me wonder in a way that like he, cause he's there, he's actively mediating on our behalf, which is mind bending. Mm -hmm. It just, I thought of Jesus a lot as I was reading Moses's story here. The only other thing that really crossed my mind that I was thinking about is how perfect the idea of corporate punishment was when somebody sinned and they had to take them outside the camp and stone them. They did it as a community. How hard that must have been to do that. I mean, like they actually (laughs) watched their brothers and sisters die in their, like at their hands at their own hands, because Mm -hmm. God commanded them to, and it would make you take sin very seriously, but would also make you have a whole lot of compassion for it just would, it would, it would be very much like a there, but by the grace of God, go, I kind of Mm -hmm. a thing, you know, you would recognize that we are all, we all deserve this to one degree or another or in some form, or we're all just a half a step away from it. Mm -hmm. And just, um, it seems like a terrible thing, but at the same time, I was kind of like, that's really brilliant. And <laughs> it was like before all of their eyes, you know what I mean? That it was just mm-hmm. constantly before all of their eyes, this reality of how they were to carry out God's will. I don't know. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way as just a constant reminder. God gives them lots of constant reminders, you know, the sacrifices, the tassels on their cloaks and the, like, there's just so much that he 
he's like putting it in front of their faces. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. Makes me think of, yeah, that actually makes me think of Miriam's story too, where she gets leprosy and Moses was like, just forgive her, just heal her. And yeah, that's like, I mean, if this was anybody, she'd be sent out of a camp right. for at least seven days. So do So that's what it's going to be. Yeah. 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 I would, I was just kind of trying to imagine what it was like to be Miriam. Like she was the, she was the head lady, you know, she, mm-hmm. she would have been not the first lady, but kind of close. In fact, it was the first lady she was berating. <laughs> right. And now she's outside the camp. Like, whoa, didn't see that coming. And even just thinking about Miriam, she's thrust into the, I mean, Moses and Aaron are thrust into that role too, but it, she doesn't have the same spirit on her as mm-hmm. Moses does. And yet here she is the leader's sister, who's also in leadership because she's his sister. And, and what she is she mad the same about? Way a lot of the Israelites do they're mad. She's mad that they're She's mad that Moses's wife isn't a Canaan, isn't a Well, right. There's that too. Yeah. She's mad about that. Totally prejudiced. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Which is so funny because God's totally like God's message has been, it's the same rules for the sojourners among you. And he's so inclusive and we are so exclusive. Yeah. Anyway, I could talk about numbers all day. That was, that was a feast, but in terms of just thinking about the sojourners among us and in that reality of like our freedom to love. I just feel like I have, my eyes are wide open to this, like faith, hope, and love faith and hope in him and love of him and from him. And then just freedom to love others. Like that's what it's all about. It makes me think of first Peter above all love one another. Cause mm-hmm. love covers a multitude of sins. Where are we in Psalms? Here 44 through 51. I'll be keeping the feasts or paying attention to the feasts for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I, I need to read that second article. I, it's definitely interesting and he makes good points about the feasts, but I don't know that I'm in the same place as far as the way his eschatology plays out, Mm -hmm. like with the rapture and with, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, oh, he talks about the rapture in the first one, doesn't he? Does he talk about it? No, I don't think so. But I, I'm assuming based on, he talks in the first one, he basically is breaking down the spring and summer feasts and just sort of touches on the fall feasts and the fact that they're more somber and that that's when he thinks all of this end times will start. Mm -hmm. Um, But he doesn't, he doesn't really break it down. I think the second one is more breaking down those fall feasts and what that actually looks like. Yeah. He's sort of just, if I'm not mistaken, and I would love to talk to you more about it. Cause, and I should read it again, but I feel like he does, he kind of like throws out the whole like pre post mid tribulation thing. Like, it's just, it's not a thing. We will experience tribulation because evil is just going to evil is just going to overgressively get worse. And we yeah. are all going to experience loss and heartache and horrible things until one day God's until one day God is fed up. And then he, with a loud shout, it all begins to end. Okay. 
And then it'll have, and then he's like, and could it happen? Could it start on like the first feast of one year and then end in the second feast of the next year? He was like, yeah, but I don't think that'll be how it's happened because that's not how it happened with the first three feasts it, or first right. when Jesus came, it was, yeah. Death. He was like, I think it'll be yeah. 15 days, 15 days of judgment. Yeah, that's interesting. Trumpets. Yeah. It's super interesting. And I was like, I'll have to read the second one. I think the second one, the second article probably has more in depth. It is. Yes. Especially about like because the first, the, the spring and summer feasts are talking about stuff that's already happened. Like he's lining all of that up yeah. with Jesus's first coming. And then the second one will be, so I need to read that one. Yeah. So the connection there in my head is actually in the Psalms. Psalm 44, in fact, I think is where Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all people shout to God with loud songs of joy for the Lord, the most high is to be feared a great King over the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us. The pride of Jacob he loves. I love that. He chose it for us. Mm. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with the psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. So it's just that idea that he chose for us our heritage. He does it. God had gone up with a loud shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. He gathers all, and then he's going to gather all the people. It just made me think of that feast of trumpets. Mm -hmm. Psalm 49. I feel like I'm seeing Ecclesiastes everywhere. Mm -hmm. Psalm 49 was another one where, um, it sounded like Ecclesiastes to me. Yes. For he sees that even the wise die, the fool and the stupid alike mm -hmm. must perish and leave their wealth to others. Mm -hmm. So much of Ecclesiastes in that psalm. And then Psalm 50 was like after coming out of Leviticus and all the sacrifices and even numbers, like we're still talking about that in numbers. Psalm 50 is that whole, it's the idea that God wants our hearts, not just our sacrifice. That all of that is starting verse seven. I don't find fault with your acts of worship, the frequent burnt sacrifices you offer, but why should I want your blue ribbon bowl or more and more goats from your herds? Every creature in the forest is mine. Mm -hmm. The wild animals on all the mountains. I know every mountain by mountain bird by name, the scampering field mice are my friends. If I get hungry, do you think I'd tell you? All creation and its bounty are mine. Do you think I feast on venison or drink droughts of goat's blood? Spread for me a banquet of praise. Serve high God a feast of kept promises and call for help when you're in trouble. That's what he wants. He wants, which reminds me of that Ecclesiastes, simply worship. Like that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. All of the sacrifices were supposed to get us to that place where we're just worshiping who he is and calling for help. Like he's here. That's what he says and call for help when you're in trouble. And I love the way it says it in it in the ESV, because it just reminds me so much of how we're like, I just hope I do it right. Like, I hope I mm. do it right. And what he's saying is I call upon, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. It's in your deliverance. It's in you falling down and me picking you back up and putting you back mm -hmm. on your feet. Like that is my glorification. So call on me in your day of trouble. You will have days of trouble and you're going to have them on purpose because it glorifies me to bring mm -hmm. you out of that trouble. Like, yep. He does it. He does it. We can just live free. <sighs> That's the recap. That's the recap. <laughs> See you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the recap. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth Bible studies where we model our version of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week.